Hello, everyone. My name is Wendy Myers. Welcome to the Myers Detox podcast. And I started this, this podcast and I founded MyersDetox.com to educate everyone about the issues and dangers of heavy metal toxicity, where we get this stuff in our body, and how to detox them. Um, I truly believe that heavy metals and toxins are the number one primary drivers of disease today, and I want to empower you to improve your life through the power of detox. Today, we have Dr. Melina Roberts on the show to talk about the pros and cons of IV chelation therapy. I get a lot of questions about this, so I wanted to finally do a show on it. And we're going to talk about what you need to consider before doing IV chelation. Is it right for you? Um, why IV chelation is not the answer for everyone. And people need to be careful. You know, they, you go to a, you know, a functional medical doctor, a lot of functional medical doctors are doing IV chelation and, you know, doing some testing, see that you have some high heavy metal levels and then kind of recommend it. It might be one of the only things that they do when it comes to detoxification, but it's not right for everyone, especially if you're very ill or you have compromised kidney function, you need to reconsider perhaps some gentler options before diving into that. Granted, every situation is different, but you really need to weigh the pros and cons. Um, we talk about how many IV sessions do you really need? And we'll talk about the biggest pitfall when it comes to IV chelation. We'll discuss whether or not IV chelation really can do a deep, deep detox of all of your body's heavy metals and toxins. We'll also get into the gallbladder, the key role in the gallbladder for detoxification. You know, what, what kind of things contribute to poor gallbladder function, what diet and lifestyle issues are causing so much gallbladder issues today, and how to support uh, healthy gallbladder function and bile flow, which is so key for detox. I know some of you guys listening are concerned about your levels of heavy metals and toxins in your body. So I created a two-minute quiz you can take at heavymetalsquiz.com that will help you discern your relative levels of toxins that you have in your body. And after you take the quiz, you get a free video series. It answers all of your frequently asked questions about how to detox your body, what testing is best, what supplements are good to take, how long long does it take to detox? Answers all these questions and more. So go take that at heavymetalsquiz.com. Our guest today, Dr. Melina Roberts, is a naturopathic doctor and author of Building a Healthy Child and founder of Advanced Naturopathic Medical Center in Calgary, Canada. She is recognized as one of the top biological medicine practitioners in North America and is a lecturer for the Paracelsus Academy. And she is a leading authority in the field of naturopathic medicine, specializing in biological medicine, effectively treating digestive issues, chronic disease, and cancer. Dr. Roberts is a graduate of the University of Waterloo and the Canadian College of Naturopathic Medicine in Toronto. And she did a two-year postgraduate study in biological medicine with a Paracelsus Clinic in Switzerland. You can learn more about Dr. Roberts and her work at advancednaturopathic.com. Melina, thank you so much for coming on the show. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to be here. 
So why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself and, you know, how you got into medicine and, and focusing on detox? So I had a few different influences in terms of how I became a naturopathic doctor, but you know, one was personal experience in that I was a kid that had really bad allergies and eczema. And uh, when I was about 13 years old, a family friend said to my parents, you know, you should try taking her to see a naturopathic doctor. And, you know, this was many years ago and we had no idea what a naturopathic doctor was and if they could even help me or what they could do. And really within a, so we went and saw this naturopathic doctor and within a pretty short period of time, all of my allergies cleared up. And to me, it was like magic at that time because I had no idea how it all worked. But um, that made me first of all, realize that the body had that amazing ability to be able to heal itself. And then that also made me want to have that kind of effect on people's lives. So that made me want to become a naturopathic doctor as well. So I followed that route. And then um, when I was at the naturopathic college in my second year in school, my dad was actually diagnosed with pancreatic cancer. Mm which was um, pretty challenging to me because my, my dad was my world. I was definitely a daddy's girl. And um, I w started doing tons of research and trying to figure out, you know, how to treat, how to treat cancer effectively. And I was coming across a whole bunch of amazing answers, um, but I really just needed more time. And unfortunately, my dad passed away nine uh, short months later, but that really started my road to really how to heal the body, how to treat cancer effectively at the root causes. And I started really making that the focus of my practice uh, once I graduated and uh, just doing more research into it. And uh, to me, you know, a big part of treating cancer is um, healing the gut and making sure that pathways of detoxification are working optimally. Yes. Yeah. Cause that's one of the reasons people develop cancer is all this toxin buildup in their body and their body can't, can't exit and yeah, exactly. starts causing all kind of wreaking havoc on all the body's different organ systems. And so yeah. one approach to heavy metal toxicity is IV chelation. Yeah. And we're going to do a deep dive on this. So I, I get yeah. so many questions about this because, you know, when you go to a naturopathic doctor or a medical doctor, typically you're, uh, you know, the option is usually IV chelation. And yeah. so let's, let's talk about this. And what are the, the benefits of IV chelation? We'll get into the cons in a second, but what are the benefits? With IV chelation, what we do is we are putting a chelating agent into a, a bag, really, and then giving the, that to a patient um, intravenously. And the benefit of the IV chelation is what it does is those chelating agents pull heavy metals from the tissues, they pull them into circulation, then your body has to be able to uh, detox them. So they'll move them out typically through the kidneys, and then you will pee out those heavy metals. So it's a, um, a, a fast and effective way to move heavy metals out. But when we say fast and effective, sometimes patients can't handle fast. <laughs> and Especially if they're very right? ill. Yeah, exactly. So you have to kind of gauge a patient to see where a patient's at, whether we do IV chelation. Okay, great. And so 
And so what are some of the benefits of the IV chelation? So you said it fast, uh, very effective. Any other benefits? I mean, I, for me personally, I think there's a time and a place. You know, if you have a life-threatening heavy metal toxicity, we need to get that out really, really fast. Um, yeah. What is yeah. your take on that? Yeah, and well, it kind of depends on how much it's disturbing a patient's function. So, you know, heavy metals can, we can basically be accumulating heavy metals over a lifetime. And, and that's a challenge is that you might not notice that you are accumulating heavy metals um, over this period of time until it starts to affect the function of how your system's working. You know, we are accumulating heavy metals from the environment that we live in, from the water that we're drinking, from the foods that we're eating. So unfortunately, you know, as they accumulate, but what's happening is that those heavy metals will be going into different tissues in our body. And the challenge is, is that, you know, in every person, they're going into different tissues. And depending on, on which tissues they're going into, they can be affecting how those different systems are functioning. So for example, if we have heavy metals that are affecting, um, heavy metals have an affinity for our nervous system. So if we have heavy metals that are affecting the nervous system, then this can actually be affecting um, how that nervous system is functioning. And that can actually lead to a host of other problems. So we need to be working on getting those heavy metals out. So for example, someone with um, like MS, so like a neurodegenerative disease, one of the underlying causes can be um, heavy metal toxicity. So it really depends on, you know, which system it's affecting and how quickly we need to get those out or do we have do we have enough time to be able to do it more gently or do do we need to be moving them out as quickly as possible so what are some of the chelators that are used when you're doing IV chelation so one of the main chelating agents that we use is EDTA so we do a calcium disodium um, EDTA that we do via IV Another chelating agent that we'll use is one called DMPS, and that, that's a common one that we'll typically do that, those ones both via IV, one that goes in the bag and one that we push after the IV. And the other thing that we do is that like we put it into basically like a Myers cocktail um, IV. So it also it's has- my favorite cocktail. Yes. Well, <laughs> it's named right after you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so it also has some uh, B vitamins, it has vitamin C, um, it has some minerals in there, but not too many because those minerals tend to be chelated out. Um, but it also gives the body some support in terms of nutritional support as we do it. So we're not just sticking the um, chelating agent in just by itself. So that's, that's uh, those IV chelators. And then we do have some oral chelators that we will use sometimes as well, which, is, which would be the DMSA is the other one that we would use. But that one is typically done orally. And then we do, can sometimes do some gentle chelation uh, for patients who, you know, their kidneys aren't as strong and they can't handle the IV chelation. And so those ones, we could do, do some gentle ones with like the, using things like chlorella, some of those gentle ones that still 
uh, transport um, heavy metals out of the body, but do it a bit more gently. Okay, great. Yeah, and uh, I've definitely I've taken uh, oral DMSC before. I've never actually yeah. done an IV chelating agent before. Okay. I didn't really need to. I just did it in other ways. Yeah. Uh, but there's certainly a, a time and a place. And so let's talk about problems with IV chelation therapy. What can go wrong or what do people need to be aware of if they are presented with, uh, you know, they go to their doctor, they're told they need to detox, and they're given this as their only option, what should they be considering when it comes to IV chelation? Yeah, and I think that that's a good question because I think that a lot of people aren't aware of the risks when they're offered. They're just told about the benefits. You know, we'll use IV chelation for a number of things, right? I was talking about the neurodegenerative problems, but yeah, it's also good for like cardiovascular issues as well. But what we also need to realize is that there's risks involved in terms of IV chelation. And in terms of those IV chelation is that it's it can be challenging on the kidneys because the body will move those heavy metals into circulation and then the body has to actually be able to properly detox and move those metals out typically through those kidneys. So if those kidneys aren't functioning optimally, then that can be a stressor on the kidneys. The other challenge is that as we bind on to those heavy metals, the body will, uh, those chelating agents will also bind um, some of your minerals. So we got to make sure that if you're doing some IV chelation, that you are doing support for the kidneys and that you are remineralizing the patient or else you're going to leave the patient deficient in minerals. So I think that, uh, you know, when you're speaking to a practitioner who's doing chelation, you need to be talking, also asking them questions about in this protocol, are we doing some kidney support? Is there some remineralization happening either through IVs or through um, oral supplements? Just to make sure that you do supportive therapy while you're doing that IV chelation. What are your thoughts on practitioners that are doing both EDTA and DMSA at the same time? I've heard of them doing that before. I think that, yeah, it's, it's uh, possible and safe to be able to be doing both at the same time, um, as long as you are, you know, giving patients the right dose and not, you know, I think that the challenge sometimes is, is that um, patients push, uh, practitioners can sometimes push the patients too hard, right? Because I, I would say that, you know, in general with IV chelation, you know, we are doing it um, at most once a week. But in a lot of cases, we're actually doing it once every three weeks to just give the body some time to be able to to move those metals out. And, you know, I've heard of um, some patients uh, telling me that they were seeing a practitioner and they were getting IV chelation, you know, every day for three weeks. And those ones, you know, I think that that's so hard on a patient without doing uh, the proper support with the, the kidney support and the remineralization that that. Um, if we go too aggressively with IV chelation, that it could be uh, pretty challenging on a, a patient's system. Yeah, I mean, I've definitely heard of people having kidney damage, and it just—it's not worth it. It's yeah. not worth it to if you're already ill or ill enough to warrant IV chelation. You you want to take it really really slow. It's not worth detox to permanently yeah. damage your kidneys. 
Yeah. Yeah. And we normally do a test on patients prior to doing IV chelation. So we do a test to see, first of all, uh, what their kidney function is at. So we make sure that their kidneys are in a healthy range and to be able to properly detoxify. And then we also do some testing to see what kind of levels a patient is at in terms of those heavy metals. Because, you know, just doing chelation, yeah, I'm sure most people, if we were to test them, have high amounts of heavy metals, but we want to make sure that we're using the right chelating agents with the patients and that their levels are, are in those high ranges that they are problematic in their system. Yes. And, and so when, when someone starts IV chelation, um, how many sessions would you normally do uh, maybe before you retest again? Um, so I will normally do, yeah, you actually, so that's the challenge too, is that you actually need to be doing quite a few of them in order to, to get the benefits. Um, so we are kind of doing a range of, you know, 15 to uh, 30 before we retest. Cause the challenge is, is that, yeah, you retest and yeah, yeah this is, I would say that this is definitely a challenge point is that patients will, so the, the testing doesn't tell you what your body's overall amount of metals in your system. So we don't know how many, we just know that from that testing, how much your body is pulling out in that session. So the challenge is, is that uh, you do a test um, and you have high amounts of metals. And then we do a series of, you know, say 15 to 20 chelation IVs. And then we retest. And sometimes those metals are still showing up as high. And a patient will say, oh, well, that didn't work. And it's not that it didn't work. It's just that there's so many metals that we're pulling out that we're still pulling large amounts. So, so that can sometimes be the challenge of, of testing um, even after doing it. So, so I would say like no matter what, every time we're doing chelation, we're putting, pulling metals out. Yeah, and I think it's it's important to say that even if you do a test, a heavy metals test, and you have no metals coming out, that doesn't mean that you're metal free and you don't need to detox. That means your body can't excrete yeah, and that's them. True too. Yeah, yeah, it means yeah. your body can't excrete them, and that's not good. That means that yeah. you're accumulating and accumulating, not excreting them. And when we get people started on a detox program or doing IV chelation, yeah. they're finally able to mobilize this stuff and you start seeing it on tests. And so it's kind of almost oh, the yeah. opposite of what people think. That's sometimes exactly what happens is that as we're working with patients, you know, even their first test, they have high ones. And then their second test, sometimes they, their numbers are even higher. And they're like, oh my gosh, I've been doing all this work. And, and you're like, no, it means that your body's dumping, right? Dumping more. So, so yes, that's a very valid point that sometimes even, yeah, I think that what you'd mentioned in terms of even if we do the test and the numbers aren't high, that um, if it can be that you're just not detoxing very well and you're, you're a poor detoxifier and you need to work on those, those organs of detoxification a lot better so that your body can effectively move those out. So what are some of the, the most common metals that you're seeing with patients coming into your clinic? So the most common ones would be uh, lead, mercury, and aluminum. 
those are the the ones that tend to show up highest um, in really I'd say that's probably the general North American population. I think that um, it's always surprising, right, that people have those high amounts of mercury because I usually blame it on those like metal amalgams in people's mouths. And to see that, you know, even patients who've never had a mercury filling are still showing up with high amounts of mercury. And I think that, you know, um, lead used to be in everything. So lead used to be in everything from um, the paints on our walls to um, used to be in the gasoline. It used to be in part of toys. And so it's not too uncommon that, and again, you're accumulating them over a lifetime. So it's, it's not uncommon to see lead show up. And, you know, aluminum, you know, we get aluminum from aluminum cans, aluminum pots, even if the, um, if our water is going through aluminum piping. So yeah, it's, it's actually surprising, but, you know, I think that our soils are also quite contaminated. And so we, we actually, our foods end up being high in heavy metals, although they're, you know, they're not very, most of our foods are being tested for heavy metals. So it's hard for us to really know. But I think that as we, uh, like that, that's a major source of where those heavy metals are coming from is, is from our food sources. Yeah, it's amazing. And that's one of the reasons why foods don't have metal labels on them. Or, yeah. you know, they did, they did it for supplements, but I think that's, you know, not terribly effective. Um, I'm not really, I don't really believe in the Prop 65 myself. Um, I, I think that's kind of a way for pharmaceutical companies to steer people away from natural supplements and foods. And, and the reality is something with a Prop 65 warning on it, um, you get more lead in a, a cup of beans. Um, than you would in the supplements. So it's, it's a little bit of a joke. So uh, most high quality supplements, you don't really have to worry um, because you're getting more metals in your food, even if it's organic, because yeah, or, yeah, organic yeah. food means pesticide and chemical free. It doesn't mean metal free. And, and it's yeah, also, exactly. I, yeah, I had another comment, you know, it's statistically impossible not to have lead. It's impossible yeah, yeah. not to have aluminum. You know, our medical director, Dr. Bruce Jones, uh, did a statistical analysis of all his, you know, thousands of patients that he's tested and everyone had aluminum, everyone had lead, uh, yeah. almost everyone had mercury. Most people had cadmium and nickel. I mean, it's, yeah. it's really, uh, it's impossible to avoid these metals in our environment. Yeah. And I think a, a valid point is that our bodies are meant to have zero heavy metals in our system, right? And so even though when we do the testing, there's like a normal range of, of what's acceptable and then there's those high ranges, like really in terms of all of those metals and how our bodies function, we should have zero metals in our system. We don't need metals to function. <laughs> yeah, and that's a very good point because a lot of people get these tests back, hair mineral analysis or urine or, or stool yeah. tests or, or blood tests or what have you. And they're like, oh, that, well, that's not in the toxic range, but it still can be causing problems. It, yeah, that that exactly. small amount that you're excreting over that 24-hour period or maybe a hair test, it's a three-month period, that still can be very problematic. And where you see one rat, there's a thousand more. There's probably more of that in your fat and your brain tissue and your bones and other tissues yeah. where that came from. That's just what your body is able to excrete. 
Yeah. Yeah. So one thing in regards to IV chelation is that I think a lot of people think, oh, I'm going to do a detox. They'll do like the 10 or 20 or 30 IV chelation sessions. Um, and they think that they're, they're done, that they've uh, detoxed. But the reality is that, you know, IV chelation can remove a lot of, a lot of heavy metals, obviously, but there's still a lot of deeply embedded tissues that have built up over decades. And you're not going to be able to just do IV chelation ongoing for years. Uh, there's a certain point where you have to do other things and things we talk about here at Myers Detox in order to really get to the deeply embedded tissues. And it, it and it's an ongoing process. It's just not something that you're going to do a, a detox for a few months and you're done. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I always talk about health as a process, right? That health isn't just a destination. And yeah, I think that one IV chelation is a is part of that process and it's um, one of the tools that we use but i think that you also have to think about you know we always look at it like the body is like that holistic system in that we also have to look at you know cleaning up the diet and cleaning up those um, organs of detoxification supporting them at a nutritional level also at a deep cellular level um, and making sure that that toxic loads are are moving out of our system, whether those toxic loads are more environmental toxins, whether they're heavy metals, whether they're coming from our foods. So you always have to be in a process of, of cleaning up your system. And one of the ways is, is to make sure that on an ongoing basis, so I'm not like a strong believer in that you just do like a detox for a short period of time. I think that if we can live a healthy life on an ongoing basis, that's going to have uh, more of an effect on our systems than, than just doing a, like a chelation therapy um, session. Yeah. Yeah. The work isn't done. <laughs> you have to do some yeah, stuff on yeah, your exactly. own. There's, <laughs> yeah, there's, yeah, yeah, exactly. There's more to it for sure. Yeah. And what are some of the things that you recommend once a patient is home and they kind of done all their sessions of IV chelation? What are some of the things that you recommend? So, yeah, I'm a strong believer in that we need to be eating um, clean diets, um, that we need to be eating diets as much as possible that, that remove a lot of those toxic loads. I know it's not possible to do 100%, but as best we can, and making sure that we remove major inflammatory foods from uh, gluten to cow's dairy to refined sugar to those unhealthy oils and uh, those vegetable oils. So those are, those are the start. We want to also work on balancing out the microbiome. So uh, putting the healthy bacteria back in and removing overgrowths of bacteria and fungus. I think that that play, plays a big role. We need to be making sure that we improve organs of detoxification. So liver, kidneys, lymphatic system. To me, those are all part of making sure that we, we get the system functioning at optimal capacity. Yes. Yeah. And so, and another organ of detoxification is the gallbladder. Yeah. And yeah. so, so just for anyone who doesn't know, what is kind of the roles, the gallbladder's role in detoxification? 
yeah, and I, even when I just listed those off, uh, it's it's a much forgotten organ, but a very important organ. And the gallbladder, what it does is it releases bile, and bile helps to emulsify fats, um, and it helps to move um, healthy fats um, into the body, like including like your your fats that are going to um, help to support really every cell membrane in our body and our neurological system in our brain. And it's going to help to move those uh, fat soluble toxins and uh, sorry, fat soluble vitamins into our body. But the other role that the gallbladder plays is it helps to move fat soluble toxins out of the body and heavy metals are a fat soluble toxin. So the gallbladder has to be working at really optimal capacity in order to effectively move those uh, heavy metals or those fat, any other fat-soluble toxins effectively out of the body. So the gallbladder definitely plays a big role in terms of heavy metal detox. Yeah. And a lot of people are just, their gallbladder is not working that well. They're not producing enough bile or they have gallstones or there's a lot of women, especially in their fifties, have gallbladder issues and they're, they're usually they go to a conventional doctor and the doctor's like, oh, just take it out. Let's just cut it out. So you won't yeah. be in pain anymore. And I, that is just such a travesty to me because you yeah. need your gallbladder and yeah. it's very easy to reverse issues with, with the gallbladder, gallstones, things like that. So yeah. what are some of these things that contribute to a poor gallbladder function and um, what can this lead to? Yeah, so the things that can lead to poor gallbladder function is if we have an overload of fat-soluble toxins. And what happens is that the gallbladder, you know, it's sh- that that bile that's within that gallbladder should be like quite a fluid substance. So it should be a, a dynamic system. And what can happen is that when it gets really all gummed up with a lot of fat-soluble toxins, then what can happen is that that gallbladder just ends up being more like sludge than like a nice fluid. And when it, so, so that well, can definitely decrease the proper function of, of that bile flow and, and how that, that gallbladder is functioning well. Because what that gallbladder typically ideally wants to do is like it's like a a proper time release of bile into the digestive tract when we consume any sort of fats in our diet Um, but it won't be able to function optimally if it's if that bile is more like gummed up and more like sludge so so those fat soluble toxins are definitely a contributing factor to that sluggish uh, sluggish bile and sluggish gallbladder. Yeah. And that leaves people vulnerable to developing little, little cholesterol balls that they can grow bigger and bigger and bigger, and then turn into gallstones that cause attacks, gallbladder attacks and, and pain and pain under your rib cage. And then, you know, you're off to the doctor and like, let's get it out. Let's remove that. You don't need that gallbladder. What's wrong with that picture? Yeah, and I think that's the challenge is that, you know, people think that that's kind of your easy fix to any sort of gallbladder attacks or gallbladder pain is that, you know, like, let's just remove this organ. But I think that what people really need to realize is how important that gallbladder is to 
um, how our bodies function, how we digest foods, and and how we properly digest detoxify. And um, without that gallbladder, it does change your life. It's going to make it so that you can't have a lot of fats in one meal, that you would have to separate those fats throughout the diet, that you're probably not effectively absorbing your fat-soluble uh, vitamins. And you know some of those fat-soluble vitamins are A, D, um, E, and K, right? So we and we need all of those. We talk a lot about D right now in terms of getting proper sunshine and that's, we need that D in order to help boost our immune systems. And, and that, you know, you know, especially women, we talk about bone health, but you know, they need that K in order for us to make sure that the minerals that we're absorbing are going to the right places. So I think that, you know, we, we lose sight of the role that that gallbladder plays. We think that it's just this holding place for bile, but it's playing such an important role in terms of, you know, how our system's detoxifying and how it's functioning and how it's absorbing, absorbing fats, right? We need fats for every cell membrane in our body, right? And our body's made of cells. So the importance of, of that um, proper fat absorption, um, how our brains function, how our nervous system functions, we need fats. So I think that often we get confused and, you know, people are still stuck in that mentality that eating fats will make you fat, right? And so why do I need proper fat absorption? And and that's, you know, the role that the gallbladders the gallbladders playing in terms of being so important for detoxification. Yeah, and I've heard of people getting their gallbladder out and they have chronic diarrhea for even up to a year after they've had it removed. I mean, it causes a lot of digestive problems for not everyone for but for certainly a number of people. Yeah, because you haven't resolved the issue just by removing the organ doesn't solve the problem. I know I, I feel so bad because so, so many of my patients, you know, like they have they're having stomach problems and they've had their gallbladder, they had their gallbladder removed and the gallbladder being removed didn't resolve their stomach issues, right? So they're still suffering with stomach problems and it, it wasn't, you know, um, they were told, that the gallbladder was the problem and that was kind of their magic solution and and it didn't resolve their problems because you, you weren't treating things at the at the root cause. Yeah. I mean, I think people have to be really careful when they go to a conventional medical doctor and really looking at the, the person's skill set because a conventional doctor is not going to be doing functional medical tests, figuring out what is the root cause of what's going on and how do we do address that rather than, you know, just uh, addressing the symptoms with medications or surgery and just cutting out the gallbladder. And, and it's the same with the appendix. You need your appendix for digestion yeah. as well. And people just, oh, you don't need that. Let's just cut it out. And really uh, doing a huge disservice to people. So I, I always say get a second opinion with a <laughs> functional doctor, naturopathic doctor, yeah. anyone. Um, don't just rely on one person to make very uh, major life altering decisions like a surgery like that. Yeah, I agree. Because you're, you're told that, oh, it's a very minor surgery. It's in and out, right? There's very routine. little. Yeah, it's very routine, you know, and I, I think it's tough to see so many people losing that in, important organ. <laughs> 
Yeah, it's a routine, life-altering surgery, no problem. Yeah. Yeah, and so, uh, so how can a, a person support their gallbladder function? So there's lots of ways that we can support that gallbladder. One of the ways is through incorporating bitter foods into our diet. Um, and I think bitter foods tends to be something that gets forgotten, right? We talk about sweet and salty foods, but we don't talk about bitter foods. Bitter foods can help with proper gallbladder function. Um, and, and there's some bitter herbs that can be helpful for that. Fermented foods can also be helping with proper um, gallbladder function. And, um, and then there's basically, we usually do them as supplements, but you could do them as food sources too. But one of them is choline, which, you know, you find in high amounts in egg yolks and the choline, um, helps to make the bile thinner and can help with better bile flow. So those are, uh, you know, just, just some ways that we can help to some easy ways kind of that we can help to support the gallbladder. And then there's coffee enemas, everyone's favorite yeah, yeah. protocol yeah. for detox. Yeah. <laughs> and I, I am a big fan of those to help thin out the bile and yeah. uh, to help the, the liver function better, help, help the body detox better. And, and also just, but most importantly, helping to make more glutathione and get that, you know, yeah. bile kind of thinned out and, and cleansed. Yeah, yeah, I think that the benefit of those coffee enemas is that the rectum is so um, highly vascular. And so you absorb that, that coffee right into the bloodstream, and then you have direct access to the liver and the gallbladder through those uh, portal veins. So yes, it's, that's also an effective tool too. <laughs> Are you recommending those to your patients? Yeah. So I have patients who ask me about them and, you know, if they are willing to do them, I, I'm definitely supportive of them doing them. Um, we don't do them in the office. They have to do them at home. Yes. So that's, <laughs> <laughs> you need to yeah. go home and do that in, yeah. you know, in the privacy of your own bathroom. Yeah. And, yes, um, exactly. yeah. And that's, what's great about coffee enemas too, is you can do it at home. You don't have to go pay yeah. someone. It's a very, one of the most inexpensive and most effective detox protocols out there. Um, so is For there sure. anything that we've left out of the conversation that you wanted to add in regards to detoxification or things that, that you like to do with your patients? I think that we really covered it because I think that the point that does often get forgotten when we talk about heavy metal toxicity is the important role of the gallbladder. So um, I'm glad you asked me about that because I think that that's an important system that, that often gets forgotten in terms of detox and especially in terms of um, heavy metal toxicity. Okay, great. Yeah. So why don't you tell us where we can find you, learn more about you. If anyone listening wants to work with you, how can they get in touch with you? Yeah. So uh, the best place to find me is through my website, which is advancednaturopathic.com. And, um, and then in social media, probably the place I hang out the most would be on Instagram. And my handle there is Dr. Melina Roberts. Okay, so, so those are best places to find me. Yeah. And where is your practice located? And we are in Calgary, Alberta, Canada. So on the basically on the west coast of Canada. 
Yeah. Okay. Fantastic. Fantastic. Well, Dr. Dr. Roberts, thank you so much for coming on the show. Uh, very much appreciate your input because I've gotten so many questions about IV chelation and, uh, you know, when to do it, should I do it, you know, what have you. So thank you for answering all of our questions. Yeah. Thank you so much for having me, Wendy. It's been wonderful. Yeah. And everyone, thanks so much for tuning in to the Myers Detox podcast, where we talk every week about different topics related to heavy metal detoxification, get all your questions answered. So thanks for tuning in. You can find me on YouTube, youtube.com slash Wendy Myers. You can also find me on Facebook, Instagram, all the social media at uh, Myers Detox. Thanks for tuning in and I'll talk to you guys next week. The Myers Detox Podcast is created and hosted by Wendy Myers. This podcast is for information purposes only. Statements and views expressed on this podcast are not medical advice. This podcast, including Wendy Myers and the producers, disclaim responsibility for any possible adverse effects from the use of information contained herein. Opinions of guests are their own, and this podcast does not endorse or accept responsibility for statements made by guests. This podcast does not make any representations or warranties about guest qualifications or credibility. Individuals on this podcast may have direct or indirect financial interest in products or services referred to herein. If you think you have a medical problem, consult a licensed physician.